0: Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. And I'm Brian. And here we are in the uh, beginning stages of spring. The daffodils are blooming, the temperature is rising, it's good times. And my allergies aren't acting up yet, so that's, <laughs> that's an added benefit. Um, but with spring comes my favorite season, church-wise, Easter! Uh, We are mere weeks away, um, but we don't just celebrate Easter, Pastor Brian. We have a whole week, it's even an extended week, because I guess it's eight days, of Holy Week. So we want to take a little bit of time to talk about Holy Week, what it is, why it matters, and then offer some just practical insight, advice, just encouragement for uh, you to uh, glorify God well this Holy Week. So, starting off, Palm Sunday. Pastor Brian, why do we start Holy Week with Palm Sunday? What in the world is that about?
1: Because we're dreaming of Florida and the palm trees. <laughs> yes, exactly. If only we were in Hawaii. So Jesus entered Jerusalem for the, well, for the final time, so to speak, uh, on the Sunday prior to Easter. And as he entered Easter... The crowds gathered around and sang Hosanna as they laid down palm branches um, on on the sh- streets. And so, in Christian tr- tradition now, that Sunday prior to Easter has become known as Palm Sunday. There you go. So we can read from many
0: of the Gospels, but here's a bit from Mark 11. Uh, as Jesus came in, uh, many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. That's an interesting way to greet someone. Um, Not necessarily what we break out when family comes visiting or if we have a guest join us at church. Speak for your own family. (laughs) Is is that how you return home? That's exactly right. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of elements here that I want to unpack a little bit. We've got him riding on a colt. We've got people uh, throwing these uh, branches and coats on the road. And then there's what they actually say, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. So, PB, help us think through, what are all these elements communicating as Jesus enters Jerusalem, as you said, for this kind of final time?
1: Well, the references to the Old Testament, passages in the Old Testament. Um, Hosanna would be, you know, praise, praise to the Lord. And uh, the riding on a colt would be a reference to Zachariah's prophecy about a king coming. Uh, gentle and lowly riding on a colt and so this was a recognition that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah and so they were celebrating that as he entered um, as he entered the city for the final time yeah that's that's great
0: Uh, so we we often say and rightly so that uh, very few understood who Jesus was and why he was doing what he did In terms of his role as the Messiah, but that's not at all to say that people didn't have an idea. We see Peter's confession where he says, you are the Christ. Um, And so the people here clearly had some idea of what was going on. Now their view of what God's Messiah was going to do, very different than Jesus's own view. But I don't want us to think that, oh well, people were totally in the dark, had no idea whatsoever, because this passage uh, clearly shows that they had at least an inkling. Now, speaking of misconceptions regarding Palm Sunday, one that I've heard is well, how in the world could this be the case if not even a week later, a mere five days later, this crowd is chanting that Jesus be killed, that they want him crucified, and to let this criminal Barabbas go free? So, Pastor Brad, how do we reconcile the crowd here on Palm Sunday with the crowd that we're about to see
1: on Friday? It's a different crowd different crowd. Imagine that. So Jerusalem was swelled to over a million people um, during this time. It was a huge city uh, during the time of the Passover with all the um, what am I trying to think of? Pilgrims. The pilgrims making that, not the ones with the long tall hats, <laughs> but the pilgrims making their way to to celebrate, the, um, to celebrate the Passover. And so it was a lot of people. And so to, to assume, well, look well, here are the same people. Now it's not necessarily the same people. And more than likely I would go even so far as to say it's not just not necessarily it's more it's more likely that it's not the same people. Yeah. Um at the end of the week. Although we don't I mean we can't be definitive about that because we don't have a list of names and we don't have a, a you know a video recording and haha uh-huh, you were at the earlier instant. <laughs> we don't have that. Um but it's more likely it's not the same people.
0: Sure. No, that, that's, that's super helpful, and that's exactly what I was hoping that you would touch on, specifically just the size of the population in Jerusalem at that time. This is a, a massive gathering. This is a significant event, and so to recognize that that plays a factor in how we read and understand what's going on um, in this text. We could spend far more than just a single podcast on uh, Palm Sunday alone, but I want to keep moving. Uh, so we've got Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And if my understanding is correct, liturgically we just call those Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday and Holy Wednesday. Is that accurate? I don't believe they have special,
1: unique names like Palm, Sunday, or I believe the Wednesday does have a special oh, it does name.
0: does Wednesday? I okay. don't
1: know though. So Baptists typically aren't super <laughs> liturgical on that and follow like the High Holy Days. Um, so my name, the name of that Wednesday is escaping me right now, but I do believe okay. it is a special. But I could be mixing that up, perhaps with another. Like I know there's Ash Wednesday, but which is not to be the same. It's right. not the same Wednesday. Um, See, so
0: dear so. listener, even your pastors are uh, fallible, not all-knowing beings. Of course, you already knew that about me, so that's <laughs> that's no revelation. But anywho, so regardless of what we call them, uh, what happened on those three days? Because uh, we, we certainly celebrate Palm Sunday, and then we're well aware of Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, but what, what took place on those three days? Surely D- Jesus didn't just sit twiddling his thumbs.
1: Um, specifically, so Jesus was spending some time with his disciples, uh, particularly the inner, the inner group of disciples. He was preparing them and letting them know about uh, the events that were going to happen. On that Wednesday in particular, they were they're preparing to take the. Um, they were preparing for the. Um, what what we call the Last Supper, mm-hmm. and that's where Jesus washed his disciples' feet on that Wednesday. Um, so prior to his. Uh, no wait a minute. Or is that happening on Thursday? I think that's happening on Thursday. That's happening on Thursday. Well, actually, there are different traditions now. Just for the so for the record, so so we we we're not going to get deep in the weeds here. There are some mm-hmm. people who do think that the crucifixion actually happened on Thursday um, instead of Friday, to align and with the and to better align with everything, and to say, well, then he was in the grave for three full days as opposed to parts of three days. I am not of the opinion that it was. Uh, a Thursday crucifixion I'm of the opinion It was a Friday crucifixion But That is Not something That should divide us As Christians yeah. um, And so But basically uh, So I, yeah I was describing to you What was happening On Friday, uh, Thursday evening Into Friday um, So the early part of the week He's spending time With his disciples And he's teaching Yeah So
0: we're, we're told In that passage In Mark 11 After he enters He goes into the temple And he, and he starts teaching So he's with his disciples He's teaching He's preparing um, Meanwhile as the camera pans to the shadows, the Pharisees, the scribes, these religious leaders are plotting and scheming. Uh, not that they were thrilled with Jesus before this, but uh, we're about to reach a boiling point, as uh, as we know. Um, so let's shift our focus now to Thursday. Maundy Thursday. What?
1: Maundy? What? Is that a, is that a real word? It's, it, is. Oh, it is. It's from the Latin, from... To uh, to mandate, oh. and so this is where Christ would um, wash his disciples' feet, mm-hmm. and so some early, well, even some Christian traditions to this day will hold that foot washing is uh, something that we ought to continually be doing, just as so Baptists and most Protestants would hold baptism and the Lord's supper as the two primary ordinances of the church, or the two only ordinances of the church. Uh, some, so a minority, but some would hold foot washing also to be a ordinance of the church, and um, but that's what Christ did there on that Thursday after after the meal. Um,
0: yeah, and then the, he gives this command, John 13. Uh, we'll pick it up in 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Um, so there's there's a... So, when I was initially planning this, I was like, oh, we'll give Holy Week two weeks, and that'll be certainly enough. <laughs> we can do so much more. So there, there's a lot happening on this Thursday. So we're, we're preparing the Passover meal. Jesus sends the disciples in. He tells them there's this upper room that's going to be ready. You tell them the Lord needs it, and they'll say, cool. Uh, Sure enough, that happens, so they go to this upper room, and Jesus takes the Passover meal, which is to remember back in Exodus, uh, God's deliverance of his people out of slavery, um, eating the meal on the run, ready to go, the spilling of the blood of the lamb covering the doorpost to cover those who are in his people, those who are covered by his grace. but D- Jesus doesn't just go along with kind of business as usual. What what made Jesus' use of the Passover meal unique, such that now we don't primarily call it Passover, we refer to it as the Lord's Supper? What, what, what did he do there? Or the Eucharist. <gasps> Ooh, the Eucharist.
1: Or communion. <gasps> Y'all are just getting so many vocab we, words today. We, we, Monde, we, call Eucharist. We, we call it all different kinds We do, things. so, so well, what did he do? Well, Jesus then claimed that so that the bread that they were taking was his body and that the wine that they were drinking was his blood. And so he was establishing a new covenant mm-hmm. saying that um, whereas the Passover meal represented their release from slavery in Egypt, that's what the Passover was all about, to, to remember that God had delivered them from slavery in Egypt. Uh, but Jesus now is delivering them from a different type of slavery, uh, mm-hmm. namely slavery to sin, and he is now their Passover lamb, so it's no longer um, that the bread is pointing to the Passover that happened prior. So, fifteen, um, yeah, fifteen hundred years prior to Jesus, mm-hmm. it's now pointing to Jesus himself um, as the Passover lamb.
0: Yeah, that, that that's exactly right, and. Uh, incredibly significant we here at phbc celebrate that remember that each uh, of the first sundays of the month generally speaking um now we're not going to get fully into uh what exactly the lord's supper is how this all works but um wanted to pick up on something you said about how he is the pastor that doesn't mean that when we drink from the cup and eat of the wafer that that's
1: literally his body and blood does it well that would depend on which christian tradition you're in (laughs) So Roman Catholics believe that yes, it literally, literally becomes the body and blood of Jesus. Um, now it still looks like bread, and it still looks like wine, it still tastes like bread, it still tastes like wine, but it is now literally the body and blood of Jesus. Um, Protestants do not believe that. Um, won't get into. It. Protestants do have some different beliefs, but so we we believe that it's symbolic, it represents. In much the same way, Jesus. So you know, Jesus said, "This is my body," um, when he was, and "This is my blood." And so some would say, "Well, he says it is." Well, Jesus also said, "I am the door," and nobody <laughs> accused him of being a flat piece of board with hinges on it. Um, and so he's using that symbolically when he says, "This is my body," "This is my blood." Yeah. And so it's not literally his body and blood. No, that that's
0: good and and helpful. I I appreciate that clarification. Um, so, I want to shift gears just a bit here, uh, looking at kind of these days of, of Holy Week. Um, give our listeners something that they can do to prepare their hearts in light of these themes. I'm looking just for a kind of practical application takeaway, something that they can go, okay, after this 15 you know, ish minute discussion on, on these themes, on these passages, on these days, what can I do with this? Where can I go with that? What would you offer to our listeners?
1: Well, I would offer them to meditate on the scripture, what the scripture has to teach about it, and so all four gospels um, deal primarily with Holy Week, mm-hmm. and so uh, in some cases as much as half of the gospel is that last week of His life. Yeah. And so, um, you know, go to the scriptures—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—and and read the accounts of what was happening there, and. Um, that, that'll serve sort of be you for better than listening to anything I have to say.
0: That's great. And then the only thing I would add to that is just this time of year especially reminds me of just the rich Christian tradition that we have, the history that we are standing on the shoulders of giants, of those who have come before us. Um, And so to remember that we're not reinventing the wheel, we're not creating anything new. We are continuing in the celebration and recognition of what our Lord has done with those who have come thousand years before us. And so uh, humbled, uh, grateful, um, and uh, very much looking forward to uh, adding another year onto that celebration um, coming shortly so uh dear listener thank you for joining us i want to invite you if you are not planning to already to join us for such things we've got a page on our website phpc.com holyweek that'll outline all of the details everything that we've got planned uh we've got some new things this year we've got some old things this year i'm excited about all of them if you have questions about it by all means let us know but thank you for your time this has been the PHBC pastors podcast